Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding. And by now, I think that entry, I feel like it just sounds the exact same every single time. Very monotone and boring. But anyways, I'm recording this end of day Friday. Hopefully, it'll be a little bit more energy. I'm excited to have a a good weekend. And by the time you listen to this on Monday, hopefully you had a great weekend. Today, we'll be focused on some tracking updates and consent. I hope you enjoyed the last couple episodes with... I'm having a mind... (laughs) told you it's Friday, Friday, uh, end of week, Chase and Andrew learned a lot from both of them. Obviously with Andrew was very focused on marketing and attribution and with Chase very much so on CRO and optimization. I love bringing on people that are smarter than me. Anyways, let's jump into today's episode again, pretty heavy on tracking and consent mode with the consent mode walkthrough or just consent. I'm going to Try to keep it fairly high level and just educate on what it is, how it works, and how to implement it on your store if needed or start thinking about that. Before we get into that fun stuff, which by the time we get to consent mode, everyone might be moving on to their next favorite podcast. But um, a few updates just wanted to share. Number one, you may have received an update from Twitter regarding their conversion tracking. And it was along the lines of Twitter has made updates to their click ID and how that works. And basically, they are leveraging their click ID. So someone clicks an ad from Twitter, goes to your site, it has a query parameter. They're now setting that query parameter in cookies. So storing that as a first party cookie and then leveraging that in what they were calling their lower funnel events. So think purchase, et cetera to ultimately try to improve their attribution on performance. And this is just another example, another lesson that click IDs, query parameters, UTMs, they, it's like the world is going back in a circle. They are going to be the future as we start to lose some of the fingerprinting and everything that different channels might be doing based on IP and user agent and screen resolution, et cetera, et cetera and relying a lot heavier on click IDs and using that to potentially match back to conversions or stitch various sessions together. So that's Twitter, no action needed on your part, whether you are, you have your own Twitter set up, you are using the Elevar Twitter setup. As long as you have their Twitter tracking implemented, you don't need to make any changes. The second update is around our second favorite topic around here, which is GA4. There have been a lot of changes around GA4. And if you've listened to any of my previous episodes on GA4, it's almost like you make sure it's you have it set up and it's collecting the right data for you and potentially use it for funnel analysis, which was, I think, three episodes ago, if you want to check that one out. Uh, but otherwise, just assume it's going to massively change and improve by the time it, it becomes the default and de facto Google Analytics property next July 2023. So the updates that are a couple ones I just picked out. Number one, bounce rate is now available in GA4. That's been something we've even stated that bounce rate doesn't exist if you are comparing to universal analytics. 
So that's now a metric available. Number two, you now have conversion rate. So even in our webinar that we had a couple of weeks ago with Jerrica and Vishal from our team, that was one of the gotchas like, hey, if you are trying to use GA4 and create a report and look for e-commerce conversion rate like you do in your source medium reports, you can't do that. Uh, now GA4 has a conversion rate by user and by session, and that is new and available. The next two, they're like not five or six episodes ago. I think I talked a little bit about the new quote unquote Google tag. So a few months back, Google announced their new Google tag, which is going to become their universal tracker across analytics, AdWords, et cetera. But in their demo account, they have a, a preview of what that might look like in your GA4 property. It's similar to like a source destination that you see inside of Elevar or Segment or other uh, CDPs. But you can essentially start mapping your Google tag to your Google Analytics or Google Ads properties. Not really much. I would ignore that for now. I don't even think it's live on all accounts, but that looks like it's going to be one, one new thing that will be rolling out at some point in the future with the new Google tag. Last but not least is the tag coverage. And this one I picked out from various updates because it's a question that we'll get occasionally on either Google Analytics or if you get that notice in Google Ads like, hey, we've detected that 10% of your site is not being tracked or your tracking's broken and it ends up being a false positive. So with GA4, they have a tag coverage and essentially what they are allowing you to do is upload a list of all of your URLs and they Google will validate that there's tracking enabled and working on those pages. So this is, I don't know how often it'll really be used, but it potentially saves you from doing the VLOOKUP of exporting all of your page URLs in uh, from Google and from potentially Shopify or using Screaming Frog or something else to, to scrape and pull all, all of your URLs and then doing a VLOOKUP to compare. So this could be something useful and handy just to validate that you do have tracking coverage, especially if you have different landing pages and uh, international sites, et cetera, across domains, this could potentially be helpful uh, to validate that you have tracking set up on all of your quote unquote website properties. If you really want to stay up to date on the latest and greatest with GA4, um, you can follow Charles uh, Farina on Twitter and I'll put it, there'll be a link in the show notes and he's pretty, pretty regular and just dropping updates on what's new. And obviously, SEMO, uh, a little bit more on the technical side as well for GTM. All right. So now getting into consent mode. I can tell you, I just went through our July just daily customer sync and just looking at different questions, issues that we are receiving from customers, whether it's just general tech support or our, our pro customers. And there is definitely a significant increase in the number of consent integration questions. Either it's, hey, we are implementing this new consent provider. How can we do that? Or B, hey, we've signed up for Elevar a year ago, and now we need to implement OneTrust and CookieBot. How do we go through that process? And uh, six months ago, even a year ago, I would say this was coming up, I don't know, once or twice a month where it would become a, like, hey, we're stuck. How can we do this? I might be underestimating that a little bit, but now it's it's significantly more 
um, on a weekly basis that we're getting these questions come in. And that's not even including people, customers of ours that are just integrating and setting up our consent mode with OneTrust and CookieBot on their own and getting through that process on their own. So it's uh, certainly increasing. And as a lot of brands start to go international and they're selling through Europe and Asia and really just worldwide, it's mandatory. And we know it's mandatory because Google Ads came out again, I think it was three months ago, two months ago. There was a previous episode I talked about this with Google Ads EU compliance where they will start to flag if you are advertising in Europe and they don't detect that you have a cookie or consent compliance in place on your site, then you'll get a warning that, hey, we are detecting you are not compliant. So we are going to shut down your Google Ads account and unless you get compliant. So without rehashing that entire episode, I will also put a link to that in the show notes, as well as the links to the Google Docs that go through that. But again, this is just becoming two years from now, I would assume the coverage of people using some sort of cookie or consent compliance is going to be significantly more, 10x more than what we see today. And probably what we see right now is 10x more than what we saw last year. So what is what is consent mode? I mentioned that in the beginning, I was going to try to keep this fairly high level. So Consent mode or, or consent management is a service that controls what tags fire on site, when, and depending on the user preferences that they are selected. So for example, if you implement OneTrust and you have OneTrust fully connected, which I'll go through that in a couple minutes, OneTrust and how you've configured OneTrust with your tracking is in combination with the user selecting or opting in or opting out to tracking is now going to control what tags, i.e. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, Google, et cetera, ultimately trigger and send data to each platform. So it can be as, as simple as a, hey, someone opts into all tracking and now all tags are going to trigger no matter what. Or it can be as nuanced as, each tag will be assigned a different category. So in some places in this world, this is mandatory, it's required, like I mentioned with GDPR in Europe. Others are fast followers, others have small parts. So think California CCPA, which isn't quite as restrictive as GDPR, but if somebody opts out versus like a C basically the way I think about CCPA and GDPR, this is the way, this is the way I like to think about it. GDP, if you go to a site that is GDPR compliant, no tracking is going to work until the user opts in versus CCPA, the user has to opt out. So all tracking will work as normal unless a user chooses to opt out, which is a very small percentage where they're going to navigate to where the link is in the footer and go through the process to opt out. So there's a lot of differences, a lot of nuances between how it's set up. To go back to the categorization of consent mode, there are five primary categories that you can configure and, and brands do configure and assign each tag to. Category number one is advertising. So think your Facebook pixel. So you assign your advertising tags as a advertising quote unquote consent category. Category number two is analytics. So think Google Analytics. So your Google Analytics tag would be assigned the ad storage analytics consent mode category type versus Facebook, which is advertising. The next is functionality. 
So consent mode, category, functionality. Again, this is all around cookies, cookie setting that's going to you know collect data, send it back to each platform. So functionality, an example of this would be a currency converter. So I go to a site. I want to change from US dollars to euros or some other currency. And as I navigate through the site, I want that currency to essentially uh, be sticky to my session. So that would be an example of a functional category or tag that a cookie could be assigned to. The next is personalization. So think product recommendations. So product recommendations that are dynamically changing based on the user's behavior, that would be another category for a tag or product or app that could be ultimately have to remain in compliance with. And then the last category would be security. This is like authentication, login, et cetera, fraud. And this one generally is default on. So those are the categories as you, as we see brands and many of our customers will go through and have to assign each one of their trackers to one of these categories. And think it's not always an advertising tracker. There are other job pieces of JavaScript and cookies that are being set on the site that have to be assigned to a category. All right, before I get into how this works and how you actually configure it, let's talk about why consent mode is needed. Again, it's compliance. So if you are selling internationally, you have to, or if you know you need to remain GDPR compliant, that's why we are seeing many, many brands implementing these consent mode apps, platforms, cookie bots, et cetera. The other is if a brand wants to be privacy focused and a privacy focused brand might choose to just, we're going to default, not track all of our uh, users activity and send to different analytics and advertising platforms unless they opt in. I'm not going to pull it up right now. I'm going through this, but I am pretty sure Dick Sporting Goods and there might be a, a couple other brands, but Bonobos might've, might be one that had a different experience, but if you want to see this in action, if, you, if you're listening to this and you are in Europe and you uh, just try to go to DickSportingGoods.com, you may still get the like, hey, we essentially can't operate this website in Europe. And that's it. It's a dead end. Like they don't, they don't even redirect to you, give you an option to accept cookies. They basically say, hey, we detect that you are in a country that we don't support. So you can't, literally can't browse their website. And there are others, again, Bonobos, I'm trying to think of a couple off the top of my head that I was looking at a, a month or two ago, but that is fairly common. So there are going to be brands that the process to go through implementing, managing all of this compliance, if they, are, if they aren't selling a significant amount or at all in Europe, they just basically have to shut down the site. So that is a interesting topic. Uh, I'm not going to go any further because I can't think of the examples off the top of my head. I didn't do my research on this one. All right. So that's why it's needed. That's a, an example. I think it was Dick Sporting Goods. Hopefully it's, uh, it's that example still works. So now let's talk through how, how does consent management work when it comes to your tracking? We're going to split this between client side. So browser and server side for client side, step one, you need to install your OneTrust. I'm going to use OneTrust, but this is the same, pretty much the same process for any other provider that you might use. They all function largely the same. Install OneTrust on site. You can, if you are an Elevar customer, you would use the Elevar template that we provide in your data layer setup, and you implement this via Google Tag Manager. 
in order to leverage the Google Tag Manager consent mode uh, settings with your tags. Otherwise, you might implement this hard code in your theme.liquid, which we, if you are using LLVAR and using Google Tag Manager, we do not recommend doing it that way, but that is another option. And if you aren't using LLVAR and you have your tracking all set up in your theme, then that could work just fine. But you need to install the OneTrust script on your site that's basically going to control all of the other tracking and show that modal that gives people the ability to opt in and opt out. Step two, once you're compliant, so the once OneTrust is installed in your website, then the user will get the prompt to accept all tracking or customize. So I want to, like, I'm good with advertising and personalization, but I'm not good with analytics and performance or whatever it might be. So they can opt in or opt out to all of those different uh, four or five categories I mentioned. And once that's in place, based on the categories that they've accepted or declined, your tags could then be triggered and fire. So three steps. One caveat here, depending on the consent provider you are using, this gets into a little bit of inception. There are some ad blockers that actually block the consent mode uh, the, the, the consent script but you can test this out as well if it depending on what tracker what uh, consent mode tracker you're using but yeah you could implement consent mode and try to be compliant and then oh the user actually is actually using an ad blocker so they're blocking all tracking by default and they're blocking your consent mode so you don't even see that modal that will pop up that is a use case. We've gotten questions on it that have come in from customers. Our team has gone through trying to test that, of test their integration. They're like, holy cow, I'm not seeing it because I have an ad blocker enabled. So nothing's work, no tracking is, or no JavaScript, et cetera, is, uh, or tracking based JavaScript is actually working. So there are lists out there that uh, a lot of these ad blockers will use that'll have all of these domains of advertisers, DSPs the compliance, et cetera, consent compliance that they're just going to block things by default. So that's the client side tracking with the, that little caveat there. In terms of server side tracking, as far as I know, Elevar is the only provider within the Shopify world that has consent mode compliance built into server side tracking. So basically the way this works is Elevar listens to your consent categories or listens to the user's consent categories and what they select. We store that on the Shopify session. And then when you are configuring your server-side destination inside of Elevar, you can choose to enable your consent mode settings and then choose your categories or default state, et cetera. And then Elevar will actually handle that server-side consent mode transaction. So whether it's blocking it, sending it with a particular ad storage setting, that's all built directly into your LLVAR dashboard that you can configure. And I'll, I'll include links in the show notes that actually walk through this with screenshots and everything so you can see what that looks like. So that's the client side versus server side and how it works. It really all starts with having that one trust script on site. The user has to engage with that. And then based on their settings, that's going to control what tags do trigger or not on your site. So with the our specific setup, I know we have a lot of customers that listen to this. Here's the steps that you have to go through. Number one, inside your data layer, there is a consent mode setting that you toggle on. Right now we have built-in integrations for OneTrust and CookieBot. We provide you with a template that it's a, a tag container template that you import into your web container. 
we are working on other other integrations that have been recommended to us. Thank you for everyone that's filled out the form that uh, just asking, we're asking what other providers we should be implementing next. So you enable that inside your data layer. Import that into your web container, your Google Tag Manager web container. Then inside that template, so it'll be a custom LLVAR OneTrust tag template, you will need to assign your default consent states. So do you always want to trigger the analytics category tags unless a user opts out? Uh, or a CookieBot's example. CookieBot, their, their default is either everyone is granted, you're granting all tracking, or you are blocking all tracking unless the user opts in. So those are a couple of settings that you would do inside that template. The next step would be configuring your tags using the native Google Tag Manager consent mode. So in your admin settings, there is a, a setting that you enable the consent mode feature inside your container. Then you'd go to your a list of all of your tags and there'll be a little shield in the top right corner that you can click and you can bulk edit all of your tags. So if you want to assign all of your consent mode tracking for your advertisers at once or the personalization at once, analytics at once, you can do that in bulk or you can go through individually one by one and just assign the different default categories and essentially how you want all this configured. Bulk editing will save you a lot of time doing this versus going through individually. But the, the bonus of doing it this way is you don't need to go through the crazy hoops of having exception triggers and group triggers and having all this crazy logic in your, your web container, which if you were one of those that have set those up, I know I've, I've seen them and set them up before. It's so time consuming. It's so, it's just hard to manage and it's hard to maintain. So going, using the native consent mode that's built inside of GTM will save a lot of time and headache in doing that. Uh, and last but not least is if it's a channel where Elevar has a server side integration as well, is enable the consent mode inside your destination settings. And now once you go live, you are consent aware for your client side and your server side tracking. Now we'll talk through a couple FAQs that we've received over time and these will evolve over time as well. But why use Elevar's consent mode instead of what is already out there? Like I mentioned, as far as I know, we are the only provider that has server side consent aware tracking. So if you still want to maintain your server side tracking and remain uh, consent or consent aware for your compliance, you can do that. The other option or the other reason is Google's native consent mode isn't supported by CookieBot and OneTrust, OneTrust even though there are statements out there that claim that they are. Uh, so this allows flexibility, especially with your Google tags. And there is some tracking that will still function with Google, even if users opt out. That's a little bit of, you'll see this if you are technical and go through testing your setup, you'll, even if a user's opted out or if you are opted out when you're testing, you'll still see the GA4 tag trigger, for example. That's normal, it's expected. Um, they are always going to fire regardless of the consent status. Um, it's just a matter of how uh, the GA cookie and the GID cookie is being used or ignored when that tag is ultimately triggering. The other question is, if you already have the consent banner, so the OneTrust script hard-coded in your Shopify theme and you're using LLVAR setup, will it still work? No, 
your consent script needs to be in GTM and needs to be using our setup. And that way you can just manage everything all in one place. It's, it's not that uh, we're not, well, like technically we are forcing you to use Google Tag Manager. It's just, it literally won't work if it's in a theme. Um, it has to be, it has to come through GTM for the uh, leveraging the consent mode within GTM. Can you customize the built-in consent checks in your Google Tag Manager web tags? Yes, you can do that. You can override that. It's probably a fairly edge case today, but if for those that are technical or might have different use cases across countries or domains, you might need to modify that. Uh, I mentioned there, you can still, you'll still see your Google Tags trigger even if you are not opted in. And then the way GA4 has stated that they're handling data within GA4, for especially those that have consent mode triggered, is they are doing behavioral modeling. So for example, if you are expecting to see 100 sessions in GA4, but 60% of those were opted out because of consent, uh, consent mode settings or user choices, Google is going to use behavior modeling to try to backfill that 60%. So who knows how that's really going to work over time and, and how accurate that will be. I'm assuming it's going to be fairly accurate, but uh, essentially they... Instead of you logging in and just seeing, why am I only seeing 40% of my tra traffic when I know I had 100 sessions, they are going to try to backfill that. So when you log in, you'll see 100, but some of that data will be modeled data, um, not necessarily real data. That particular phenomenon is going to be something we, we have seen it and experienced it with Facebook conversion tracking over the last year and a half. We'll see it with Google, and that is, is going to continue to be the norm over uh, the next couple of years. All right, so that is today's episode with consent mode giving a little bit of insight into how it works and a few updates with conversion tracking across Twitter and GA4. That's all I got for you today. Have a great week and I will see you on the next episode. And PS, thank you very much for the support and the shout outs that I've gotten. And we don't advertise this, so if you do know anyone, that would appreciate and enjoy this podcast, please uh, share it with them or tag us on Twitter. I'm in our Twitter account all the time. So if you're getting a response, it's coming from me. So that's it. Thanks. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again.